You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast, Cards to the Moon. This is episode 155, and it is another Friday episode. My name is Clark from 5CardGuys on Instagram and 5CardGuys.com. And today, there was a couple of things that came up with Hyung and John, my regular co-hosts. So I'm recording solo today, but it's all good. Other than the fact, it is a little weird essentially talking to myself. But I did want to get a quick podcast episode out because there's a lot to talk about in the hobby and I just wanted to cross off at least a couple of them in this episode. But before I get into it, I just want to give you guys a quick heads up that we started to upload some of our video podcast clips on our YouTube page at 5CardGuys. So if you are sitting in front of a computer, you can see some of our past interviews with guests and listen to their hobby insights. And we'll also start to post regular segments with myself, Hyung, and John, giving our different takes on whatever hobby topic we're discussing that day. I'll put the link to our YouTube page below for you guys to check out. And as always, we appreciate if you subscribe and follow. Okay, speaking of hobby-related topics, there's no shortage of what to talk about. So let's start with the bad and the unfortunate news of Shohei Otani, who tore his UCL which means he won't be pitching again for the rest of this season. And if he opts to have another Tommy John surgery later this year, that means he won't pitch at all for 2024 either. So what does this mean for Shohei Otani cards? I think most would assume the ridiculous FOMO prices that have pushed Shohei sales up and up and up despite the bear market we're supposedly in. Well, that should start to trend downward. And I know some think it'll come crashing down, but personally, I think it'll be more gradual. For one, there's the possibility that Shohei will still be able to hit, which keeps him in the MVP discussion. And to date, if you needed a reminder, he leads the league in homers with 44, third in RBIs in the American League with 91. He's batting 304, which puts him third in the AL. So he's still definitely in contention for the AL Triple Crown. And if the season ended today, he would have the third best ERA in the American League. And he currently sits fifth in the number of strikeouts as a pitcher in the AL with 167. Now second, I'm I'm glad I wasn't a FOMO buyer for Shoei Rookie Cards. Although, I have to admit, I was tempted every day by seeing all the listings pop up on my eBay watch list. But for those who did FOMO buy, I don't think they're going to list their cards for a big loss anytime soon. Or they shouldn't, in my opinion. Now listen, if I, if I did FOMO buy, I would have had to convince myself that I'm holding Shohei cards for the mid to long term. And I would have factored in the possibility of injury news like the one we just heard. Now sure, there will be some who bought early and... They now just want to unload before Shohei cards start to dip again. But but even then, because of the first reason I stated, I don't think you'll see much listings lowered that significantly, or at least right away. Now, what I'm doing is 
watching to see if I'm wrong and they do drop faster than I expect. And guess what? If that happens, there's a certain price point where I'm a buyer again. But if I'm not wrong and prices gradually decrease, then the best thing to do is probably be patient. Wait till the off season and keep tracking sales. Now, there could be an uptick though if talks about Shohei's new contract starts to pick up. Before the injury, I've heard numbers like $545 million over nine years as a possibility for what it would cost teams to sign Shohei in free agency. With the injury though, some baseball insiders are speculating that he just lost at least $100 million in free agency money. But still, let's say that's the case, right? $450 million isn't bad. For context, here are the top five current richest contracts in baseball, okay? First, of course, is Mike Trout. He signed a $426,500,000 contract, which was signed in 2019 and it goes to 2030. Number two on the list is Mookie Betts, signed a $365 million contract from 2021 to 2032. Third, Aaron Judge, who just signed a $360 million contract this season and it's going to go to 2031. Fourth, Manny Machado, $350 million from 2023 to 2033, 10-year contract. And fifth is Francisco Lindor, if you can believe it, $341 million. And that's from 2022 all the way to 2031. Now, if you look at Aaron Judge's contract, who's number three on that list, which he signed for just this past season, for $360 million over nine years, I think you can expect Shohei to get at least that if you just look at their batting stats this season, if you compare those stats together where Shohei you'll see is beating Judge in almost every offensive category. Now the rest of the contract will really depend on how teams value Shohei as a pitcher moving forward. Which brings up an interesting question, right? Which is, do you think Shohei comes back to pitch as a dominant starter again? Or as a starter again, period? I think MLB teams will have to make that decision and weigh the risks accordingly. But you know what? We might want to think about the same question in the hobby. Like, is Shohei worth the premium if he just becomes an elite batter? Or how about if he bats but only pitches as an elite relief pitcher? A closer, perhaps? I don't know. I don't don't think so. His cards will still definitely have value. But I think in that scenario, we probably just reached his peak prices this year. So it'll be interesting to see how he recovers and if he decides to undergo Tommy John again. And if he doesn't, then that could also make some people nervous about whether his elbow will hold up over the long term. So yeah, we'll see. And hopefully for Shohei and for baseball fans and baseball card collectors, he makes a quick recovery and remains the unicorn that he's shown the season that he is. Okay, so the second thing I wanted to talk about before I sign off is the whole Panini America versus the NFL Players Association fiasco. We did talk about Panini versus Fanatics in our last episode, but it seems the news with Panini seems to be coming out every other day now. So the latest is that the NFLPA informed Panini that they were ending their licensing deal with them immediately, three years ahead of schedule. Then Panini responds 
a day later, I think, by filing a demand for arbitration with the NFLPA saying the termination of their contract is, quote, improper and ineffective, end quote. And on top of that, Panini isn't complying, having just released its 2023 Luminous football card set, which has Jalen Hurts on the box. Now, Darren Ravel, who's been reporting on this, was recently on Instagram Live with Ken Golden, along with Paul Lesko, who is known as the Hobby Lawyer. You guys should definitely check that IG Live because they go into the details of the case and what could possibly have triggered the NFLPA to terminate their contract so early. But in a nutshell, they suspect that the reason could be a change in management at Panini America, which apparently would void their contract. Now they go into what could constitute a change in management, and if that's the reason, I guess the case arbitrator will make that decision. But what I found more interesting is that if the arbitration ruling stands and the contract termination is legit, then Panini will probably have a 60 to 90 day window to get rid of their inventory, which essentially means we will most likely have football cards this season. So don't have to worry about that in either case, which is good news for football card collectors. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if we heard another update on this next week, but looking more long term, I wonder if this matters that much for collectors. Now, what I mean by that is, will we look back fondly at Panini Prism cards or National Treasures or Panini Flawless and think how we missed those days of collecting football and even basketball cards? You know what? I, I personally won't. I'll think of the million parallels that Panini produced and I'll think of the inflated prices during 2021 and 2022 during the height of the hobby hype. And not to say Panini was the only card manufacturer at fault, but they were definitely right at the thick of it. And there were also poor quality control issues. And who could forget the redemption issues, which is another big question mark for those holding Panini redemption cards. So yeah, I I wonder how many are just saying, good riddance. Panini, you had your shot and now it's time to let someone else take over. That all said... I'm in the market for a nice Luka Doncic autographed rookie card from a higher-end Panini set, all right? So so it's not all hate for Panini, but uh, they did have some good cards there. But going back to Panini, if, if they do lose their license early, my suggestion is to focus on the sports they do still have licenses for, like I believe wrestling and soccer. And you know what? Just do a better job with producing cards that collectors will enjoy for the long term. Okay, I feel like I talked to you enough for this Friday show. As always, you can reach out to us on Instagram at cards to the moon, all one word, or at five card guys. And again, please check out our YouTube page as well. And we'll put a link in the show notes below. Thanks all for listening and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at TradeU at Recess. You can also check us out at 5cardguys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.